It's news to us on AW Radio the week of July 26th, 2021. COVID cases are going up across the United States. And around the world. And around, yes, around the world. Mm, not very happy about that. Also, after 106 years, the Cleveland Indians become the Cleveland Guardians. And our guest tonight is a Democrat running against Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia's 14th District. Holly McCormack is going to be joining us live on the show tonight. I'm Holly McCormack, and I'm running for Congress. I'm a mother, I'm a small business owner, and most importantly, I'm a member of this community. It's time to cut through the noise and get to work. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. And that'll be part of our 2022 election coverage, which is heating up. Everybody's talking about our coverage. Yes, it. Yeah, that's uh, right, Eddie. The We're, Wall Street Journal was about to do a big uh, expose. Yeah. <laughs> On what it takes to uh, put together an It's News to Us segment, but they backed out at the last second because they, they couldn't understand it. Their it was too much. had to go home. They couldn't understand the pro- the proceeds, processes. He took so many uh, pages of <laughs> notes that he couldn't, he couldn't like, keep a track of them. He couldn't write fast enough. His fingers got numb and his hand fell off. Uh, so we're sending him our best, but anyways, yeah. So, uh, should we just dive right in this week? I think we should, we can't like no dilly dallying because we have a guest to get to. So let's talk about, uh, COVID cases going up, uh, unless there's anything that you'd like to address before that, Jason. No, I mean, I think that the, the COVID update is, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on right now, uh, regarding COVID and, um, I think we need to jump into it. Okay, let's just jump in this week. We won't mess around the Dirty Deets. The Dirty Deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. So COVID uh, cases are on the rise across the country. Uh, It's already claimed over 600,000 Americans' lives. And the cases are just now climbing in unvaccinated portions of the country, Eddie. And that's the key word, unvaccinated the populations unvaccinated portions of the country are the ones being hardest hit, but it, it, it we're seeing exponential growth or, or cases um, yeah. over the last, you know, I think week to two weeks in majority of the States currently. And just because you're vaccinated and I'm vaccinated and a lot of people listening are vaccinated, it doesn't mean that we're completely impervious and immune. It doesn't mean that uh, we are hundred percent protected from this. And uh, the Delta virus variant being out there is alarming. It's a hundred percent more transmissible and it's creating more um, symptoms, uh, worsening symptoms for folks that are unvaccinated. Now, like you said, at um, those that are vaccinated, I think they um, 0.098% of the people um, that are hospitalized currently are vaccinated. So you, you know, 0.01% basically of so you, the, of, of the, you um, being at risk of being in hospital if you've been fully vaccinated against um, and you catch COVID. And that's, that's the, that's a good thing. Yeah. So it is really good. Um, the, I mean, so places like Louisiana, Florida, Arkansas, these are the states with the highest rate with over 300 new cases per 100,000 residents. And these are primarily a red st- or they are all red states ones that I mentioned, but um, leaders in a lot of these states are, are now starting to say Republican leaders 
get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, there's a Louisiana representative, I forgot his name, who already had coronavirus once last year, um, came out on Twitter last night and said that he has it again along with his wife and, wow. and son. Okay. And he's kind and- of a he's an anti masker, anti vaxxer, and he's saying it this it's a little more difficult um now. Like the disease is a uh, he's having more severe symptoms now than the second last time year. around. Yeah. yeah. See, this is my concern too. A lot of people who have had the vac or, or have already had COVID or suspect that they have, uh, they're like, I don't need to get vaccinated because I have the antibodies running through my body right now. That's what my parents are saying, and I keep telling them to get vaccinated. You have to get vaccinated. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, get it, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, and they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's uh, microchips and all this. Uh, Bill Gates, and, you know, lizards. <laughs> Blizzard people, and it's really, it's really kind of, um, it's mind disheartening numbing? and mind numbing. But I'm trying, I'm trying to get through. But I'm glad that. Uh, so, why do you think the Republicans are starting to turn the tide a little, or turn the their opinion and say get vaccinated? Because they know that their uh, voting base is being hit the hardest with this. But that assumes that they care about people. They care about them if think, they're voting. I think what I think Congress probably had is this is just me sort of like um, don't go looking, conspiracy. I'm bro. not going conspiracy here. This is right. me looking at all the news stories I've been reading and just how things have worked in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if Congress has been privately briefed and told that this fall is going to be absolutely horrifying and devastating if if pe- more people don't get vaccinated. And uh, that's going to cause another lockdown. It's going to cause more devastation to the economy. And how bad it was before was uh, bad enough. And I think that a lot of Republican lawmakers are starting to heed the warnings and realizing that they're the ones saying not to get vaccinated and they're all on record. So they're they're, uh, starting to change their tune. Yeah. uh, Today, the CDC did come out and said that the U.S. is having a high community transmission. Um. So we're we're seeing like there's bits and pieces of news coming out now from the government uh, that's showing that you know we're on this trajectory, and I don't know, it might be too late, Eddie. I don't know. They're saying nearly sixty two percent of the counties in the nation are reporting a high transmission rate. Uh, rate. Yeah, it is. It's frightening, and uh, you know, I um, I'm I'm getting back to just personally. I know that. I mean, I'm, uh, we're both vaccinated. We've been, uh, fully vaccinated for a long time, but I'm, I'm about to get like really super serious about the mask wearing again, just, be, just to do my part. E- even if, um, I I'm simply spreading, even if it, like it brings down my chance of spreading the virus in within the community. Like I, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to do the be- my civic duty. Everybody else get off your lazy asses. If you're not vaccinated, go get vaccinated for crying out loud. It's, I'm, I can't you're if you're against it for any sort of reason, just remember that Donald Trump invented the vaccine himself in his bathtub late at night on a Saturday. He's he mixed a little cauldron with McDonald's French fries and Diet Coke and boom bleach. He bleach, put some bleach in there. Light bulbs and boom. Boom. There it is. He's go, in go ge- get it. He's in. He's in. He's been uh, vaccinated. Yeah, he injected himself with it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So 
Uh, I will say, yeah. you know, uh, you're saying you're going to bring, I've never let the mask go. I've, I still continue to wear a mask uh, most of the time in public. Yeah. Pretty rare where I don't. But yeah, what, uh, my, I mean, my, yeah. my day job, I, I work in a public space that I still uh, wear a mask. And when I go out and grocery shopping or what have you, I still wear a mask as well. Yeah, it's important. To, I think that we all I mean, the CDC is uh, still saying, though, their guidelines is if you're fully vaccinated, that you don't have to be wearing the mask in a lot of these settings. But I don't know. I'm going to. I'm going to play a little bit more safe, but, but yeah, anyway, I mean, Dr. Fauci was yeah. on uh Sunday talk shows yesterday and he was saying that uh, the government's leading public health officials are uh, actively considering if they're going to bring back uh, masks, the full mask mandate. Yeah. Uh, he did also say Dr. Fauci that if you are like uh, in an area where there is a low vaccine rate to mask up, if you are unvaccinated, I mean, if you are vaccinated and unvaccinated, I mean, obviously, but if you are vaccinated and you go to a state that's, say, like 30% um, duly vaccinated, then probably do mask it up. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, and I, so now, you know, with all these cases going up, you're starting to see, like, different areas of the country, um, whether it be, like, cities or, or private businesses are coming out and they're reissuing mask mandates so we, uh, for instance, the county or city of LA a few weeks ago reissued their mask mandate. Uh, Savannah, Georgia, uh, just now um, is uh, mandating that you wear a mask for va- if you're vaccin- vaccinated or not. Oh, really? So yep. this is starting to happen. So don't be surprised, you know, if we're all back to wearing masks. It's coming. Um, I think it is too. Uh, because people won't go get the vaccine. And so it, now we got to have masks again. Yeah. And it's Thanks, all, this is all unavoidable too. All of this is it's, unavoidable. This is worse, right? And by the way, we're wearing the masks to protect, for, like mostly, mostly to protect the people who do not want to get the vaccine. The ones who are not doing their civic duty. You're, you guys are rooting it for all of us. Yeah, I'm doing Be a goddamn American. Go get your shot and let's move on with our lives. This is getting old. We're going on like uh, two years of this bullshit. Yeah, this this I've is going to be worse because it's avoidable. Like exactly. how frustrating At this point, is this? We have all the tools we need to overcome this thing. It's a miracle and people are just being complete. Uh, ridiculous idiots. But Billy Bob saw something on the YouTube. Yeah, something on Facebook uh, says, says that Bill Gates is uh, yeah. injecting uh, microchips and yeah, yeah, it's all, they're going to steal your job. But I think that we're going to start to see more places, more organizations get more and more strict with COVID, like with the NFL, for example. What's happening there? That's what I thought was kind of interesting there. Yeah, so last week the NFL sent out a memo to all the teams stating that if a game cannot be rescheduled, during the 18-week schedule due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss. Wow. In, a, in addition, players on both teams will not be paid for the loss contest. So they won't get their game checks. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but each game, players, you know, their salary is paid based on their yeah. if they play in the game or not. Right. And, and so going right for the pocketbook here, and the, and then it's both teams. It's not just the team with the ba- uh, the unvaccinated breakout. It's if a game is not played, neither team's players will get paid. Now a lot of people like to disagree with everything Roger Goodell, the uh, commissioner of the NFL, says. But uh, are there any naysayers on this? 
Go. Oh, yeah. That so, um, former Bronco player or Bronco player, former Bronco coach and, uh, was a Minnesota coach, uh, refused to be vaccinated for, uh, uh, a Viking guy. This is a, a, a Viking, Viking guy. Minnesota Viking. Yeah, he's a coach. Yeah. Uh, Rick Dennison. Yeah. And he was fired last Friday. And I think we're going to start seeing more of this because uh, private businesses have every legal right to require that employees be vaccinated to work within their organization. Yeah. If you're going to create a loss of income for the business. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you're going to be let go. I also will not be surprised if the NFL starts moving toward requiring all fans to be vaccinated at some point, if they're going to start going down this path. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, I can see it going that way as well because that's revenue loss there too. If, if people are afraid to go to the games, but I don't know, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess that's all speculation at this point, but uh, yeah, we'll I, keep an eye on all that. I yeah. did see that uh, hundreds of bars. There's a uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, they all came together as like the bar association, uh, and they are now going to be requiring proof of vaccine or mm-hmm. vaccination or negative COVID nineteen uh, tests from customers before they're allowed to come into the business to drink. That makes good sense to me, and I I I want to see more of that. I ha- I have this vaccine card did this vaccination record i i i'll use it i'm not afraid to but don't post it on social media oh yeah don't do that don't do that um a lot of people were doing that but uh, don't do that bad idea why well, i know that it, i've heard that it's a bad idea but i haven't seen the reasoning behind it people could take your information from it but what about what if you cover your name and everything like what's the big deal then i wonder I don't, I don't know. Yeah, People right. aren't going to come. Why would you even take do the picture then? Yeah. All right. Um, there's the latest with COVID. Uh, we're looking at going into just another round of bullshit if people don't get vaccinated. So uh, it might be it, too late. We might already be going down. Like it's we're I mean, the the what way cases are going in the hospitalization, like it's already happening. Right. So like what we do now is going to affect something in four weeks, Eddie. So yes. we're dealing with something that happened probably July 4th. Right. Uh, we're like, it's the ramification. Like it might be too late. We might already be down the road and we're going to see, it's going to get a little, it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get bad again. And what we do now will get us out quicker. Well, let's uh, do a quick news roundup here before we bring on our guest that we have this week. We're very excited to talk to our uh, guest, Holly McCormack, and she is running to represent Georgia's 14th district running against Marjorie Taylor green. So that's gonna be really interesting to talk to her just a little bit. She'll be joining us in like uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so. It's news to us. News roundup. Just a few stories to jump into. Uh, First, this is a story that Jason found on the internet, a viral video of uh, somebody approaching Fox news pundit, Tucker Carlson in a was like a base bass pro shop base pro shop. It was a fly shop in Montana. So Tucker Carlson is in a fly shop in Montana and red, red Republican state, Montana. And he thinks he's hiding out. He thinks he's safe, safe space for him. And yeah, it's his safe space. And then a man approached Tucker Carlson this and confronted him. The audio is a little bit hard to hear, but uh, we'll try to fill in the gaps if we need to. I want you to know, going to this state, to the United States, to everything else in this world, 
I don't care that you're not here. What you have done to people's families, what you have done to everybody else in this society. So, yeah. I like how they're whispering. Yeah, they, they, so there was like a little bit of, it was a gentlemanly exchange, if you will. Yeah, like they're not they're not making um, a scene. That's why it was hard to hear, because the guy goes up to Tucker Carlson, he's like, you are just like the worst human being in the world. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the guy that did that, his name is Dan Bailey, at Dan Bailey MT on Instagram. And here's what he posted. It's not every day you get to tell someone they are the worst person in the world and really mean it. What an asshole. This man has killed more people with vaccine misinformation. He has supported extreme racism. He is a fascist and does more to rip this country apart than anyone that calls themselves an American. Yes. Congratulations. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I have to ask you this obvious question. If you saw Tucker Carlson in a in a fly shop, would you approach him? Yes. What would you say to Tucker? Uh, something along the same lines, but not so quiet. I think I would. I, I would probably get a little mad. Really, you would I, actually approach him. I don't know that I would. I, I think I would. Yeah. I don't know if I want to get in that confrontation, but I'd probably flip him off. But you'd actually go up and say something. Yeah, I'm not very confrontational, but like, fuck him, man. Like the the division that he's created, like, like, like even like in families, like it's tough, right? Like. You you mentioned that you're you know having conversations with your folks and, and you know it it makes makes he's making life harder for everyone. Yeah, um, his bullshit, and he knows it's bullshit. That's the thing about it too. Like everyone on Fox knows it's bullshit. They require that they get vaccinated or they have to get tested. Like that's already a thing on like for all their hosts and all their employees. But then they go on the airwaves and fucking spew bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with that. Let's uh let's pretend you walk into a store and Tucker Carlson is right in front of you. What do you say to Tucker? Hey, fuck you, asshole! I have something to talk to you about. Okay, I'm Tucker. What do you want to say to me? Oh, this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. It's I'm right here. Screen. I'm right here. What do you want to say? You're, You're a, a fucking fan, right? You're a fucking prick. You're the worst thing uh, that's ever happened to America since I don't know what. All right. Anything else you want to say? I'm Tucker Carlson. Stop being a douchebag. Okay. You mind if I finish my grocery shopping? Oh, yeah. Like he grocery shops. Come on. <laughs> you mind if I continue buying my dildos? Yeah, go for it. You got me. You really showed me. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. would you, you wouldn't say anything. I don't, if you had an opportunity to talk to Tucker Carlson, I, knowing uh, what he does, I mean, does, he's welcome to come on this show. If he you wants, would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do anything. You would just. I, we've invited him on this show many times. But he doesn't have the balls. You would, you would just balls. flip him off, and you would go and run away. Like really? No, I'm, in, I'm inviting him on this show right now. I'm throwing down the, the gauntlet, Tucker. You have an open invitation on the on the big show. You wouldn't. You anytime wouldn't, you want. If you have the balls. Do you have the balls to approach him in person? To come into this, you're, this is the spin zone oh, where God. we spin you like a top. Like a bow tie. We spin your little bow tie. <laughs> around. Ooh, it's like a uh, cartoon. <laughs> come on in. If you, if you got the balls. All right. Uh, man, I hate that, man. The, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Who's yes. worse? Him or Sean Hannity? Like, I don't know. I mean, they're both pretty despicable. I haven't really heard anything about Hannity lately. I think Carlson's taken over the 
Han- I mean, spot on because Carl uh, Tucker Carlson's just more extreme. Um, so moving on, uh, the Cleveland Indians have changed their name after 106 years. After 106 years, no longer the Cleveland Indians. They put out an announcement on Twitter on Friday with Tom Hanks narrating it. And here's a bit of that. We are loyal and proud and resilient. We protect what we've earned and always defend it. Together, we stand with all who understand what it means to be born and built from the land. Because this is the city we love and the game we believe in. And together, we are all Cleveland Guardians. All right. So Cleveland Guardians, I I like it. What do you think? I don't get it. So the I the Guardians, I guess, are a uh they have these 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 statues, I guess, that are famous in Cleveland. They're called the Guardians, and that's mm. what it's named after. Gotcha. Um what do you think the reaction was to this? People thinking it was uh based off of Marvel comics. They did think of that, but do you think it was positive or negative? Um I think people are indifferent. I don't know. I guess you um, gotta be a fan, right? I like, mean, Cleveland fans are really not indifferent fans, but I was actually scrolling through their Twitter Indians on Twitter and people for the most part were pretty supportive of this. That's like if the like the Colorado Rockies changed and called themselves Colorado Blucifers. I mean, not it's not the same thing at all because the Indians uh I mean I understand why they yeah. changed their name, but like the the, what they changed it to, like a statue? Like, come on. Well, here's what people had to say about it. This ad makes me want to vomit. Another pathetic example of woke cancel culture. The team will always be the Cleveland Indians to me. That's what uh, Preservere2A on Twitter says. Okay. Mm-hmm. He didn't like it. No. But then somebody else chimed in and said, the U.S. was founded on a genocide of natives as a Jew, I'm pretty happy Germany doesn't have a soccer team of non-Jews called the Berlin Juden with a caricature of my angular face. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, people are, for the most part, supportive of this, though. Uh, someone said this one got a lot of likes. Great choice on the part of Cleveland. You can celebrate your team without disrespecting an entire culture. And that's really what it's all about. So uh, uh, for the most part, though, people seem to be all in on the Cleveland Guardians and the new logo, I think, looks pretty cool. It's it's reminiscent of the Cleveland Indians, but a little bit updated. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I agree that they changed the name, but I don't agree. I don't know. I just don't. The Guardians. What would you go with? Then? I, I have no if idea. If you were in charge. I don't know. I'm not from Cleveland. Mm. I do. I, I want to ask you this, though, regarding this, Eddie. Um, 1980s, uh, one of the best films of the 1980s major yep. league. Yep. Based on the Cleveland Indians. You think they go back and CGI update that? Yeah. They're going to have to, they have to, and right? It's, what you got to do is you have to CGI Charlie Sheen out of that too. If you're really going to put in all the work, what you're you know, going to get, you're going to get rid of wild thing. Yeah. I mean, he okay. Out that is world culture. Come on. I mean, now if, if you want to go all the way with it, sure. Mm, mm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, 20 years from now, someone goes back and watches that, like my daughter, and she's like, Who, what? What is this? No, but it's important that that history is there, and you can. Exp- it's a lesson for everybody. That's all. Mm. I don't know. 
What do I know? Uh, we do have our guest on the way, though. Very excited to talk to Holly McCormack. As she is running to represent Georgia's 14th district, and she will be with us next live on its news to us. Do not move. Okay, we are back here live on Adobe Radio, and uh, we are very excited to welcome our guest on this week. Uh, she is running to represent Georgia's 14th. Holly McCormack is here. She is described as a dirt road Democrat, and she's actually running against Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, someone we have mentioned, unfortunately, a lot on this show. But uh, we're very <laughs> excited to have you. Welcome. I hope that the audio is working. We didn't get a chance to test it with you, but hello. It's I can hear you just fine. Can you guys hear me? Great. Yeah, we have you. Hey, yes. How are you? Fantastic. How are you all? Doing great. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. We appreciate you coming on and um, taking. Yeah, I'm sure you're very busy right now as your campaign is uh, rolling on and your fundraising and all that. Uh, how is everything going since you decided to run? It's going really well. Uh, we've got a lot of great momentum here in the district. We've got a fantastic team. Uh, I think probably the biggest team working here. Uh, to unseat Marge. So Great. I knew that we had uh, a long road. Uh, so we really wanted enough people on the team to be able to to flip this seat and engage a, a bunch of viewers or uh, voters. Oh, good, good. Have you ran for public office before? Nope. Nope. I am a small business owner and a mom of teenagers. And so I am not a politician. But obviously with Marge, it is, uh, I look at it, it's a moral obligation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were going to get into that and ask you exactly why you decided to go after uh, this race and, you know, especially um, against this individual, because I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, we do like to get to know um, any candidates uh, that we have on the show a little bit personally. First, if you don't mind, you mind if we ask you a few personal questions? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so your father was in the army and you moved a lot as a kid. Where was your favorite place to live? Uh, I think Colorado, probably. We don't oh. get snow very much here. And well, we do, but not big amounts of snow in, <laughs> in uh, super North Georgia. So uh, I really liked, I liked Colorado. We lived on the base and uh it was pretty neat. We had what part of Colorado was that? Uh, that oh gosh, I'd have to ask Daddy. I've got an awful memory. Uh, oh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was like six, maybe or seven. The only reason why I would ask is because that's where we are right now. So um, just oh. just curious. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I like the snow. Some people don't like the snow, but I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I like how peaceful it can be. Definitely. Um, well, now that everything's on Zoom, I'm fine with the snow. But when yeah. you shut down our whole city and business and everything for weeks, I would get annoyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And driving in it when you don't have the proper vehicle, it just really is a drag, too. So, um, and no proper vehicle down here. Right. At all. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> What did you want to, uh, speaking of when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You said, I mean, you you haven't run for office before. Did you dream of being in politics or being in Congress? 
No, <laughs> I uh, actually was going to be a singer. Of course. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. What kind of a singer? Yeah. Uh, my husband calls it Chick Rock. Chick I Rock. Would have been great if I was a little bit older uh, in the 90s. I would have fit in just fine. Singer, songwriter. So, like, what, a Liz Fair type or the thinking 90s? I don't know what Chick Rock is, but. Oh, well, the- he made it up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Avril, like, I don't know who, who are, uh, if you were to be a Lilith Bear. Oh, okay. Cool. Like, cool. I would have been great on Lilith Bear. <laughs> Alanis Morissette, Eddie. Yes. Alanis yeah, Morissette is a badass. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever had a bad roommate before? I don't think so. Um, not really. I mean, my, I met my husband when I was young, young. So oh, okay. we had my son. So, so he, I had one roommate before him. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I mean, that's the, okay. yeah. I, uh, so I know that you have, um, you have a, a you, you're a mother, but do you have any pets? Oh yes. Oh my goodness. Um, when we moved out to the country and actually had a big, big yard, I made it my mission to get all the animals. Um, so we've got two dogs and a cat and a turtle actually is next to me here in the tank and, um, oh. a draft. I'm going to seem like a weirdo. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, the animals, animals are great. <laughs> in fact, yeah, but- I did get my dog out of here, uh, <laughs> right before I logged on so that he would not be interrupting us. Oh yeah. There's a dog here that might interrupt us at some point, but. But you, so you usually have a turtle handy when you're on Zoom calls. That's <laughs> no, pretty good. I leave, him, I leave him there. He's a swimming one. So it's like a, I'm hoping it's not messing up the sound quality. <laughs> no, I think we're good so far. I think we're good so far. Um, so anyways, yeah. So thanks. Uh, it's, it's always good to get to know people because, uh, you know, I, I think it's good that we let people realize that people running for Congress are just human beings. We're all human beings. So that's sort of like why yeah. we like to do that. But um, that's, that's a great idea. I've not had, uh, actually the turtle has never come up. In, in <laughs> really? <so> far. <laughs> oh, you're going to have yeah. to, you should tweet a photo of your turtle. I think people would like to see that. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> and then I think there's a Mitch McConnell joke in there too. If you, if you want, <laughs> I, I, he's fair game. <laughs> um, so, you uh okay so this is your first time running for congress and you're also going head to head with one of the most disliked members of congress in recent history and someone who's really decisive and nasty and are you prepared to actually go head to head with marjorie taylor green in like a debate setting if i doubt she would even want or show up to something like that i would i would my guess would be like she wouldn't even do any debates cuz We've seen other people of her caliber do the same thing, but uh, have you thought about what that um, situation might be like? Yeah, of course. That's the first thing, obviously, that I thought of uh, when we decided on, um, you know, on January 6th, I stopped kicking it around and I was like, this, we have to, we have to do it. Uh, So, but of course, safety, I mean, the last opponent that she had, at the end, she ran unopposed, but before that, she, uh, the opponent, Kevin Van Ostal, was getting uh, death threats, and his family 
was getting threats and um, it was really ugly. So I'm very, we are prepared for that. But to me, that's why I said it's not, it's not going to be an easy race, but it's the right thing to do. Um, and really it has to be someone that's tough and that isn't going to, uh, I'm, I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going anywhere until I'm on a plane, uh, up to DC. Now, when you were uh, deciding that to run against her and you made that final decision, what was the discussion like with your family? I assume that you had to bring them in, um, considering what happened in the last race. Like how did that discussion go? And, um, I mean, what were their thoughts and feelings? Well, I mean, I spoke with my husband first and I mean, obviously it affects all of us. So, uh, he, he was concerned at first. In fact, he sent me that Washington post article of, um, what happened with the last opponent. And I, that just fired me up even more to say, you know what? running for office should not mean death threats. And so I was like, that that's the reason why I have to run. But regardless, he's been super supportive. Um, and, you know, he also thinks that this is to have somebody represent us that uh, is so shameful and absolutely not the values of anyone that I've ever met from here. Uh, it's just, it's not okay. And so he knows that I'm very passionate about uh, justice. If there's something wrong going on, that I'm not one of those that sits quietly by. So he's been super, super supportive. Uh, and the kids had some getting used to it to happen. <laughs> I have a 12 year old and a 17. He just turned 17. And um, he was a little concerned with how it affects uh, kids at school and, you know, his circle. But once the teenagers got on board and got excited, meaning the school ones, not my kids, but once <laughs> the friends got excited, then he was like, okay, okay, this is pretty cool. We can do this. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm glad that you have the support of your family because that's, you know, the first thing. Without that, it would not be possible, obviously. So, you seem all. to have like a very badass family that's all willing to go in on this. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and you you did mention that uh, the person currently in office doesn't even care about the issues happening where you live. And I know that you're from your district. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you think that gives you an advantage over her? Uh, well, we are, you know, the people that from Northwest Georgia, they are hardworking, good people. And we were all raised uh, with similar values, you know, and it's, she's showing us every single day that she is not one of us. And uh, so I think that, you know, our, our district is also very rural and uh, not a high income area. And so growing up here and having family that's been here for years and years, um, I know what it's like to, to grow up here and what the struggles are and, uh, you know, that we need jobs and to be able to attract uh, newer businesses. And so, you know, she 
there's a huge disconnect between where she's from outside of Atlanta to here. And I mean, I'm in Ringgold right now, but in, in Northwest Georgia, huge disconnect between outside of Atlanta and here. Mm, right. And uh, in a lot of ways, though, you're running against the Republican machine, though, and there is a lot of misinformation, gaslighting and projection projection going on within that party. Um, have you thought about how your messaging is going to combat all of that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can't. It, it has been so divided for so long and. um I don't want to argue semantics with things that aren't true. You know, uh, that's not a good way to, you're not going to get very far doing that. So what our plan is and what we're doing so far is first to remind, just to keep it simple, what our values are and what the people of Northwest Georgia want. I'm one of them. And, uh, and then also to show up, and this is me not being a politician. This is what I told my team and was my my thought process into even running is if you show up with action for people, they'll they'll believe you. It's not that it's a politician saying, you know, warm and fuzzy things. It's Holly and her team are already doing good work in the district. And so they're more likely to keep their ears open um, to their neighbor, Holly, you know. Uh, and so that's how we're going to overcome the division and the party lines and things uh, is by showing up. Right. And um, I don't know. And uh, it's my personal belief. And I, I think a lot of other people believe the same thing is that uh, your opponent and others that she's associated with are guilty of, um, well, uh, insurrection on January 6th. So if you are elected to office come uh, 2022, do you have any thoughts or plans when it comes to uh, what to do with that? I know that there are, there's, there are things happening right now, but say, Say we don't get the result that uh, where, where justice is being served, and you mentioned that you are all about having things come to light and justice, and and but this this whole January sixth insurrection just has not been addressed properly in a lot of views and opinion of many Americans. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how you might approach one the biggest threat to American democracy we've ever seen in our uh, in our generation and, and, uh, and almost the whole country's existence. Yeah, absolutely. The, what we saw on January 6th is un-American. I mean, I know every single person's watching it happen live. were just devastated. And so we have to, uh, the people that were involved that allowed that to happen need to be held responsible. And I mean, just like we were talking about, the rhetoric and misinformation, um, January 6th didn't happen in a vacuum. That didn't happen in just a short time. It happened from years of being allowed, of all these precedents being set, of what's, of what's okay for our leadership uh, to do. And so I feel like we absolutely need to hold those people responsible. Yeah, and I, I hope that we do. And I hope that we do. We'll see what happens with that commission that they put together. 
Um, I like the Stacey Abrams book behind you, by the way. Oh yeah. We had yep. Stacey Abrams on a few years ago, right before she like really started to do some amazing things and she's turned out to be so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, always has been obviously, but, um, yes. so you, 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 you everybody you, knew it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you're a small business owner. What kind of a small business is it? Uh, I help people protect their, uh, homes and retirement and, uh, life insurance and planning and things. Hmm. Okay, cool. I, and uh, we saw a lot of small businesses just devastated by the pandemic. Nearly a hundred thousand actually shut down. And um, how do you feel the response was from Congress to keep these businesses afloat? What might have you have done differently? And we're now we're looking at heading into a fall with the Delta variant and possibly more lockdowns coming up and more small businesses possibly shutting down. So uh, what do we do to at least help the small businesses in your opinion? You know, uh, for me, it was the pandemic was hard, very hard on us, just like it was for so many Americans. Um, Our, my job completely changed or, you know, how I used to go into people's homes and meet with them. And that obviously was instantly not happening. And I worked in schools with teachers and things, and that wasn't happening. So I feel like to make sure that, you know, we're all dealing with the same thing. So unemployment or sickness or not having insurance, you know, these are things that, uh, I've dealt with. And so I, I'm not sure exactly what the, what could have been done differently. I know that, uh, the programs that, uh, were put into place last year really did help when I was worried about how are we going to have enough food for a lockdown, you know, for the family and how just, it was like you said, the first time in many of our lifetimes that anything like this has happened. So, um, just the unknown of it was, was awful, but actually that brings me to one of the points in my rural revival plan, uh, is broadband, rural broadband. And last year, my two teenagers had to be, you know, school was closed and we had to suddenly do digital school and, uh, my job was turned into uh, video conferences just like this. And so, I mean, we have to have that infrastructure plan and uh, nationwide broadband so that we can support that. You know, I had to, when I announced my run for Congress and I had to do a, you know, different interviews and things, I had to get a second line run to my house uh, because it couldn't support doing an interview with CNN. <laughs> or, oh, man. You know, yeah, that's not, that's just not right. <laughs> yeah. uh, we need to, I think we should be treating the internet as a public utility. That's my opinion. Well, absolutely. And the, um, for our 10 minutes, mm, 15 minutes from me right across the state line is Chattanooga, Tennessee and they're gig city. Obama called them gig city. And so it's stuck and, uh, they've got the fastest fiber optic, in the country, I believe. Was that one of the Google places that they decided to do the Google um, fiber or is that, I can't remember. No, they have their own. 
It's oh, they have their own. Oh, okay. Company. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so anyway, it just businesses flocked to Chattanooga. Right. Tech things because I mean, it's the fastest internet. So uh, we can do that. We can do that here to bring to where we can compete in the current and the future economy. And so that we can educate our kids without everything crashing. (laughs) It seems like the most logical investment I've ever heard. I mean, everything's on the internet. It's it's like a no brainer, but it's, it's going against the monopolies though. And the big corporations that are with their lobbyists and, they're in the Republicans' pockets and a lot of other politicians that may not even be Republicans. So um, that's really the battle right there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they, right. So they're, you know, infrastructure is a hot topic right now on, on the Hill. Um, mm-hmm. If you were, uh, had the opportunity to be in Congress and you were working, you were trying to, you know, reach across the aisle in a bipartisan basis, how do you, how do you connect with someone who there's, their, their facts might not line up with yours. Like there's an argument like, you know, they, their beliefs aren't necessarily the same beliefs that you have, or they, you know, they don't agree on the, the same set of facts. Like how do you make that connection and how do you work together uh, for the American people? I think that there are a lot more people that are not so extreme on either side. Um, just in the same way that we're talking here in the district, that we're more alike than we are different. Uh, that's if it wasn't all the rhetoric is dividing people further. And so you have to just, I would assume just not engage, uh, with things that aren't fact, you know, and I've seen it over and over in the last year and a half of people arguing and half of it isn't fact. You can't argue with (laughs) something that isn't true. So um, I think for the most part, it's not, uh, there's several that are extreme, but most are not. So hopefully you can deal with somebody that's rational and yeah. I mean, hopefully we all hope. Well, we, yeah. we, we wish you the best of luck. Holly for Congress. It's Holly, the number four congress.com. And, um, I'm current, you're currently in fundraising mode and, you know, looking oh, yeah. for donors and volunteers, I assume, and building up your campaign and things are going to start to really heat up here as we approach the midterms. And we'll uh, be keeping an eye on everything you're doing and you're welcome back anytime. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to mention before we, uh, Say goodbye here. Uh, you know, just every time that we see something hateful and absolutely nuts that Marge is doing because of her lack of uh, committee assignments, she's fundraising off of it every single time. Right. And, you know, we had a five-year-old little boy die here last week um, of COVID and it was the same day that she was banned for 12 hours from Twitter and she fundraises off of that, you know, and this little boy just 20 minutes from me in her district passed away and it's the misinformation and it's the, just the divisiveness and all of that, that are leading people that are killing people in the district um, because they're falling for it. So just the same way that you said, 
yes, we're in fundraising mode. I don't know if there's another one, but right now we're, we got in early so that we could engage voters that have never been talked to before and uh, register the same stuff that Stacy's been doing for years, you know, just bring it on up to the, the rural part uh, of Northwest Georgia. But we're going to need a lot to take on Marge and to to reach all those voters and to be able to uh, flip the seat. So keep that in mind. Uh, this one is, she is dangerous to our whole democracy. So. Absolutely. This is one of the most important seats out there that uh, everybody is going to have their eye on for sure. So um, yeah, th- th- thank you. So, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We appreciate it. And we will uh, be keeping an eye on everything and please do come back. Uh, Holly McCormack, Holly for Congress.com. Again, that's Holly, the number four Congress.com. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Thanks. You guys too. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. All right. Uh, we will be right back on its news to us. Do not move. So, you know how at Target they have those balls, like those giant balls at Target, those red balls. Yeah. Every target has these giant red balls in front of them. Whoever is the architect of target is like, I like red balls. Well, I mean, and I want to put red balls in front of my store. It's to, it's a barrier. So cars can't run into the oh, building. Really? Is that what you think? <laughs> yeah. That is well, a is. car drove over one of those balls trying to get into target. I guess here's what happened. Thankfully, Deborah, no one was hurt, but those pictures, they're just incredible. Take a look at this. A woman drove her car right up on top <laughs> one of those big red concrete balls. We're all balls. probably used to seeing outside of Target. A confusing sight, no doubt, to people entering and leaving the store. Confusing sight. And how fast was she going? Yeah. Uh, apparently, she was going pretty fast. She hit the accelerator when she thought she was hitting the brake, one of those. Mm-hmm. So I did I did see that she was charged with uh DUI. Yeah, getting liquored up and going to Target, driving over the balls. So so you think like they have that so cars don't Yeah, they're a barrier. But how come every store 100%. doesn't have that? But what's so is that a is that a problem a lot of cars running into um yeah, retail? Really? Yeah, that happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like burglars and or, stuff? Or like people not paying attention and hitting the gas instead of the brake. So that's that, think about that, if that ball. That ball saved lives. A, yeah, that's think a, of, yeah, a ball of life. One hundred percent dead. Yeah. God bless that ball. I don't know if you saw what happened in Yonkers, New York, yesterday. No, uh, the man under the influence uh, hit a woman who was carrying like an eight-month-old child. Oh my god! And like uh, drove them into like a barber shop, like. Hit him in the street. Oh, that's horrible! That's, and smash through this barber shop. This? That's upsetting. And like, um, the mom broke her femur, and the baby was trapped under the car. And like, oh my uh, god, cops! Uh, What's uh, wrong with you? Stop. Police officers like came up and lifted the car up and got the baby out, but they didn't have uh, uh. a barrier in front of that building. So you're saying that balls would have prevented that? Possibly. Get some more balls. A vehicle. So. If you're Target, though, think about the lawsuits. Like, if you're shopping in Target and a car comes through, hits you, may, you know, you get injured. Yeah. Target I, would I be liable. I was just trying to buy a three-wick candle. Next thing I know, a car hits me, and 
on aisle six. I call Frank Azar. He, he had no balls. Yeah, he had no barriers to protect my. Get some more balls up in here. God, you. This show had you have been obsessed with the word balls. Um, this whole show, it's man. a funny word. <laughs> it's fucking a, creeping right, everyone well, let's, out. Let's now. switch it up here. A man. Um, <laughs> oh God, says that he came face to face with Bigfoot. Are are you a believer in Bigfoot personally? Do you think that Bigfoot exists? Um, currently, yes. No. Alive, currently, today. No, no. I think I tend to agree with you, but there's a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest and other parts of the country that uh, claim to have all these Bigfoot sightings. Of course, their footage is always weird and grainy or whatever, and you never actually get one of these things in captive for whatever reason. But a man in Mississippi claims. He had a run in with Bigfoot and he says that he caught Bigfoot uh, like yodeling or something or mm. screaming, making a mating cry or some sort of a thing on tape. And here's what that sounds like. I had just talked to a person who told me that he had seen a Bigfoot and that the Bigfoot screamed at him. And so here's what I heard in the woods. <laughs> Can you hear it? Way, way back in the distance. There's this ah, 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 sound. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Um, Sounds like someone with a machine. So Animal Planet has even run some specials, and they claim that Bigfoot has a high-pitched scream like that. Mm. Did you know that the, there's people that believe that there's a Bigfoot um, down outside of Colorado Springs on Pikes Peak? Uh, should we go hunt it for the show? I mean, you know, there's a, there's a $2 million bounty on Bigfoot. Did you know that? Did you know that, that, that people actually claim there's a Bigfoot here? I did not know there's one in, where we do the show. No. Yeah. I, I thought it was more of a Pacific Northwest thing. No, there's one just, huh? I, I've also like these people with Bigfoot also claim that Bigfoot can cloak himself or herself. Hmm. It's just, you would think with all these like ring cameras on people's houses, one of those would have caught Bigfoot by now, right? Like, well, again, the Bigfoot can cloak himself. Yeah, but a Bigfoot would have to be aware that there's a camera there. Okay, we'll be back next time. Thanks again to our guest, and uh, thank you for listening. If you're on Adobe, which most likely you are, because that's where most of our audience is. Uh, we are a podcast as well, so if you liked what you heard, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's available on any podcasting platform that you uh, are on or on there. Just search for its news to us. We'll see you next time. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.